welcome to SestraCast, the Orphan Black Podcast. I'm Jean McDonald, and I'm re-watching this series for the third time. My co-host, Kathy Campbell, is watching for the first time, and so we make sure not to spoil any storylines beyond the episode we are currently discussing. Hey, Kathy, how's this week for some spoilers that you finally got to find out? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so it definitely... This is definitely a season finale. We'll just start there. Uh, and once again, I'm so pleased with how Orphan Black does their finales in that in how they end. Mm -hmm. So even though there are, you know, open ended stories, it still feels finished like yeah. that season is done, which is it's really impressive. It's very it's different than what most series do and i'm just very happy that they do it this way <laughs> yeah no me too I, I totally agree with that and that's a great point um yeah so this is uh this is our 30th episode together by the way i, feel, I cannot believe it i feel so old in podcast years or whatever <laughs> um yeah this um is season three episode 10 and the title is history yet to be written and um you know, let's finish things up with the uh, uh, the Dwight Eisenhower farewell address. Um, the quote comes from uh, a sentence we already had from episode seven. So if it sounds familiar, don't you're not glitching. It's a um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, you've heard it uh, a few weeks ago, which is down the long lane of history yet to be written. America knows that this world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate and be instead a proud confederation of mutual trust and respect. Ah. Yes. Uh, yes. Two thumbs up for president Eisenhower, who I mean to date myself uh, terribly, but he was the president of the U S when I was born. Wow. So, not, I mean, I was a baby. I mean, <laughs> when well, he, of course he was, uh, he was um, president, you know, the election for John F. Kennedy was in 1960. And so when Kennedy took office, I wasn't even a year old. But um, Eisenhower's farewell address, I was just looking at the dates, because when I've been looking it up and reading it, I picture it as like, long, long, long time ago, you know, back in the mists of time. Right. And when I realized, oh, you were alive when this speech was made, <laughs> I make myself feel old. I don't know. Anyway, um, yes, it was January 17th, 1961, which was um, like three days before the inauguration of John F. Kennedy. Wow. So there we had a very interesting American history tie-in this season. And <laughs> I'm looking forward to next season. It's a different um, source. I forget what the source is of the season four titles, but if it's at all like, you know, interesting and accessible, we'll try to um, elaborate on those in the next uh, season when we get to it. Well, but and I'm sure they will be uh, because the past two seasons have been really interesting books taken from. So it'll be yeah. I'm excited to find out where they come from. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. So I've learned a lot this rewatch of uh, Orphan Black that I didn't know before, and not just about Orphan Black. Um, but yeah, so this episode, um, as we were discussing, you know, when we 
trying to plan our our strategy of talking about this episode because I think because it's a season finale and so much um, is happening and getting wrapped up and new twists are being introduced and all the clones have a role. Um, there's no one clone we could say. Let's just talk about her and then we're done. Um, so uh, yeah. we finally decided, yes, we'll just have to to go sort of scene by scene um, to get through this um, and talk about it. And I'm looking forward to it because it was a good, good finale. And I mean, last episode, episode nine with uh, London and Mrs. S singing and discovery of Kendall Malone as the, the, um, the source of the caster and Lita DNA that was all super, super exciting. And it was like, how are they going to top this? And right. I think they and did then a good they job. Did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I think, I think because they Orphan Black tends to have the penultimate episode of the season, be full of information and questions answered and all of that, which allows the finale not necessarily to have, I mean, it has these great reveals and things, but again, it lets it finish. Mm -hmm. It lets it like close up that season and move on, which is really, it's really cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So this one um, uh, kicks off with uh, Rachel um, and she's uh, having flashbacks or memories of her father and various, you know, as as a child, but also, you know, more recent things that we saw um, in season two, where her, you know, father um, committed suicide rather than give her the code to the genetic sequencing. Right. And um, she wakes up and she's in a strange house. Uh, it's strange to us and strange to her, that's clear. And no one is there she's calling out and finally she sees there's a note on the desk and also a mirror like a hand mirror and i guess the note says take off your eye patch because that's what she does and they reveal her new eye her bionic eye and yes which is not the perfectly matched eye that i was expecting i don't know i think that dr nealon said it was going to be a perfect match and it was not. No. And but on the other hand, it looks like this eye may let her actually see. Yeah. I don't know. But again, as well and we'll get to it later, but Dr. Nealon is an illusionist and so <laughs> the they way. do that whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> the, the body modding, yeah, like the yeah. illusionary like self Self-directed ev- evolution, as uh, our good friend from season one, Doctor Leaky, uh, yes. <laughs> called it. <laughs> best, friend, best friend, best friend. So, yeah. So that's the opening scene, and then um, after the credits, another friend we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, Art. We have Art a, comes we back. Miss Art, and yeah, he um, he's helped Sarah and the Scoobies, as I think of them now, <laughs> find a, a warehouse where they can set up to bring Kendall and to, you know, keep her in a uh, a kind of clean room so that they don't um, 
distribute her DNA all over the place. And Ke- Kendall Malone, a- a.k.a. Allison Steadman, the actress, is just a hoot in this episode. She's so, you know, when she comes in and she's wearing that bunny suit. Oh, I'm man. Thinking, Here's this Shakespearean actress, right? <laughs> she's, she's a very famous uh, actress in the UK, and she's been around for a long time. And here she's wearing wearing the kind of zip up, you know, hooded suit of, I guess it's more like a, um, a scene of crime investigation suit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we're back to uh, CSI Clone Club. Clone Club edition, yeah. (laughs) And she looks at Scott, because Scott's setting up this this, uh, um, sort of plastic tent for her to be in, and she says, what are you gopping at, you toothy little git? Which... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is so funny and uh, such a great identification for Scott mm-hmm. and and it, Scott's face just kind of goes oh like here's you know that he's expecting because w- has he met Mrs S before I don't think he has or at least we haven't seen it I don't think on he, screen I don't I don't think so I'm try- I can't that's a really good question but I don't know when he would have met her because she's never been to Dyad. Yeah, I don't never, think they've met, yeah. which is fine. So here he he is experiencing Sarah's mom, mm-hmm. ultimately, and then Sarah's grandma. And here's this is tiny little her? British lady. And so you know he's like, oh, yay, because in his world, everyone's nice mm-hmm. until they're not. And so he's got a big grin, ready to make him comfortable, you know, be Scott. And here she comes and gives that insult. And he's just like, I don't know what to do with this information. (laughs) (laughs) It was really, really funny. I mean, you know, to be fair, he he was gawping in the sense that he knows that she is a chimera. And he's like his science uh, nerd self cannot help but be excited to see one yes. in the flesh, just like he was excited to see a clone, you know, back <laughs> when he asked Cosima uh, if he could see one of the clones or something Right. Like that, so. Oh, man, I had forgotten about that. Yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> so funny. So, yeah. yes, they're, they're ready to go. And we get a little bit of explanation as to why Kendall doesn't look like uh, either Castor or Alita clones, um, mm-hmm. which was very good to know. Um, I wondered if that was what it was and t- come to find out, yes, it's because her DNA like meshed together. And so she's a mixture of both the genetics, et cetera, et cetera. But also, how do you have, how do you find an actress that looks like both yeah. people? <laughs> so, yeah. It was a good explanation. It worked for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we cut to Rudy playing with some balls uh, to for dexterity reasons. And mm-hmm. he's glitching again. And you can tell he's just glitching more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's getting, getting sicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Cody comes out after talking with somebody. Yeah, that's their, the caster guy at the Department of Defense. He's the one who, right. who betrayed our Paul. That's right. I couldn't remember who he was. Yeah. But uh, so he's all very bureaucratic and whatnot. And Rudy's just like, uh-huh. 
Yeah. And uh, Rudy's going to get sent off to get to Lita, which, of course, uh, Dr. Cody is great. It's like none of her people are visible except for one. Who do you think it is? And Rudy <laughs> goes, the soccer mom. Because, yeah. of course, Allison is out. She has her family. She has the selection. So Rudy's going to go after her, which right. is a little stressful. <laughs> yeah. I Again, you know, it. I don't know. I don't know what what rewatch I'll finally stop being nervous for all. (laughs) I don't know, like for these moments where something is happening, and I already know that it's going to be okay. (laughs) But I go like, "Oh shoot! Oh, I'm worried for Allison. I hope somebody warns her." Anyway, um, yeah, which segues over to the election bus. Allison's got a big school bus, and she's got a megaphone. She's campaigning. for school trustee and good old Marcy Coates comes by and uh, says like, you know, this is not how we campaign. You know, this isn't India, which I was like, what? And I I actually later thought about it. Is that like a dig at Allison's kids? Cause they're clearly from, you know, like Southeast Asian in background, but whatever. It's just, you know, we know Marcy Coates is a bigot and a snob, so it's just yeah. another thing. And well, and I thought uh, Tatiana's Allison seemed very Canadian mm-hmm. when she was on the bullhorn. Like, <laughs> it's something about her her voice going full Allison was, seemed very Canadian. I was, mm-hmm. I was. Uh, waiting for stereotypical a boot and <laughs> a's to get thrown in, and they weren't there, but that's okay. But it was, it, it was very, it was adorable, is what it was. And uh, Donnie is, oh no, he's not there. No, where's Donnie? That's the Donnie. Next scene. Yes, is with Helena, his and new, new BFF. <laughs> yes, they're so cute together. I am so happy that they're friends. Um, and one of my favorite lines in this episode comes in later at the mm-hmm. end, but we'll get to that. Um, but so he has a surprise for Helena, and opens the garage door, and it's the tow truck. It's Jesse's tow truck. And I was like, oh, and then Jesse comes out of the tow truck, too. And they're so excited to see each other. And I was low-key stressed (laughs) that Jesse was not as excited to see Helena. I was like so concerned because spoiler alert they they do are absolutely freaking adorable to each other mm-hmm. uh and he is absolutely so sweet to her um but i was low-key waiting for something bad to happen <laughs> or him yeah. to be like oh it's you type of a reaction yeah and if that happens in the future, I'm going to be very angry. But for now, I'm going to live in this world that, yes, he's a good man and someone that Helena uh, or someone that deserves Helena. Uh-huh. And so that is the world that I'm living in. And of course, okay. you're not going to tell me either way. <laughs> nope. Um, nope. I love how she says, you found my boyfriend. Yes. Uh, and it was like Donnie was so 
tickled with himself because he knew it was a pretty damn good surprise. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Jesse, well, Jesse's really shy. That's what we learned from before when we first met Jesse, you know, in the bar. So he had these rowdy friends, but he was kind of quiet. But uh, he says, hello, Elena. <laughs> and she yeah. says, hello, Jesse Towing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so cute. It's so, uh, yeah. So, okay, well, let's... Uh, Let's put that on. We gotta go to that. That's the end of that scene. Um, we get to uh, uh, Shay's. Cosima comes to Shay's to to uh, apologize about the yeah. uh, whole little you know misunderstanding yeah. <laughs> that almost the, got her the killed. Mental torture, almost physical torture and death. Yeah. Uh, if, if I were Shay, I wouldn't have been. I would have been exactly as like, no, nah, you know, I'm not buying it. You got to get out of here. I, you know, I have no clue who you are, and you can't tell me who you are. And so that was that was Kasima leaving Shay behind. And yeah. Um. Then uh, then we see Delphine at Dyad. She, uh, the first thing that you see is she's pulling a gun out of her, her office drawer, drawer. And puts it in her pocket. So you think, okay, that gun is going to come back into the uh, picture. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, Ferdinand is there and he's trying to be all like, I'm the boss of everything now. You t- tell me I want the original you know, that will put me in good with Topside, and then you can work under my heel. Um, and Delphine just like, nope, sorry, not going to happen. Um, yeah. And there was Sarah that was there. And she says, look, I'm going to give you one chance at a deal. And Ferdinand's kind of dismissive. He's like, oh, I haven't seen you since you were locked up. <laughs> well, not exactly, Ferdinand. <laughs> Sarah, <Yes>. Sarah <laughs> just recites some of her lines that she did as Rachel um, when she was pretending to be Rachel, because the one who was locked up was, in fact, Allison pretending to be Sarah in right. that whole scene. But uh, then Ferdinand's like, uh, uh, who's a dirty clone? <laughs> <laughs> His his face like it completely changed, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Oh, it was this clone." It, I don't have to try and find Rachel to have whatever that was, uh, but it, Sarah proves that she's you know the dominatrix mm-hmm. type personality that he wants, and uh, so they're going to have this intricate plan yes. to make a deal with Fernand so that Topside is happy. Diet is happy. Yeah. The Lita clones are happy and Castor is done. Yeah. Because they're weaponizing what they have. Right. That is the main um that is their main goal. They uh do want to destroy Castor without um taking away their chance to get a cure for the Lita clones. And um Castor as a military project was not under the the dominion of Dyad and Topside. So that's Ferdinand's uh, motivation in wanting to get Castor and get Virginia Cody. So um, now, uh, now we go back to the warehouse. I call it, you know, it is a warehouse. And um, cause Cosima is 
uh, comes, she's going to be uh, meeting Kendall and taking her blood. And she says to Scott, she's kind of nervous about meeting her, which she should yeah. be. And uh, Kendall's like, nobody's taking my blood. And she calls, uh, she, she says, like, Cosima, she, you know, she looks like a pikey with that hair. And I was like, okay, here's a word I got to look up. You know, another pikey blood, bloody doctor stealing my genes. So turns out um, pikey is a slur. It's a bad slur um, on, on travelers, you know, in the Romani, um, oh. you know, so uh, air quotes here, gypsies or Irish travelers. So people who are, live that itinerant lifestyle and it comes from the word turnpike. Um, and oh. I'm going to put a, a link in the show notes because it, it, I, for a word that I never heard before, I found out it's like, wow, it's a word you n- do not want to use. So, um, uh, you know, just, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. So it's, it's akin to like some of the worst slurs you can think of, apparently, according to the things I found on the internet. And so we will not be using that word. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> we are but just it, it, it's pretty on she, par yeah. for Kendall's, uh, reactions. Yes. Shall we say? Yes. Um, and for the character. And, mm-hmm. and, and yet Kasima comes in and is just the amazing person that Kasima is mm-hmm. and is, is treating like Kendall, treating Kendall like a human being, mm-hmm. not just this, you know, a lab rat type of a thing. And Kendall threatens Kasima and Mrs. S like goes in to protect her. And Kasima's like, no, I got this. And, just gets into that personal bubble mm-hmm. of like, hey, we're 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 sisters. You know, you're my you're my big sister. Could you give your little sister your blood? Mm-hmm. And just is like very calming, very soothing. And Kendall hands it over, and Kasima has won her over, mm-hmm. which is yeah. so sweet. And it it it's going to help in the future when Kendall is more agreeable. Mm-hmm. And willing to work with it, and so Kasima just worked her magic, yeah. and has they have someone that's there to help them now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then from there we go to some motel somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> some some nondescript uh, hotel that uh, Art tracked down the address of I guess um yeah and it's just you just see Felix and Sarah walking down the hallways and uh he just says to her he says you always think I can't handle the tough stuff but this time Sarah follow my lead and then he 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 kicks in the door (laughs) of what was probably a very cheap motel room door and then he goes holy holy you know what that worked um, he's so excited that he got to do something yeah, like badass. he got to go in there and and uh, it's Gracie and Mark yes. um, in oh. the room. So that I think that's partially why Sarah let Felix break down the door because they weren't too concerned that I mean, yes, Mark had potential to go angry, but like overall it wasn't an illusionist or a dyad someone or a caster mm-hmm. well i mean it was a caster boy you, you know what i mean it wasn't um, 
yes, it wasn't Rudy on the other side because Sarah would not let Felix break down the door if it was Rudy yeah. on the other side of the door. Uh, and Gracie, this the interaction between Gracie and Mark, both the actors, but also like their characters and how they're written, you can tell that connection is there and it's very sweet. Mark just wants to have what time he has left with her Mm -hmm. and yet Sarah gets him involved like is able to convince him somehow that like this can this can help which Mm -hmm. makes sense because ultimately this plan will solve so many issues uh, including they're not going to have to be on the run anymore which is great yeah um I thought, yeah, that that fact that Mark said, like, I know that Cody's not interested in a cure. <laughs> you know, right. she's interested in a weapon that that was very uh, poignant. And is considering that Cody is his mom, as it were. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Sarah uh, uh, tells him that he can help them by, you know, f- uh, finding out their next move. And let's see. Ooh, then there's a, a bit. Then to another uh, parenting, parenting <laughs> yes. interaction. Very, a very, uh, another very problematic parenting combo. Yes. Uh, we have Mrs. S who's coming in and she's like setting up this, whole situation she's got a baseball bat um and she's just like you can tell she's just seething she's so angry at kendall for killing her husband and is just like so angry this Mm -hmm. rage this this low level of rage has been so significant for so long that she's ready to kill her mom to end, like, to get, to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of, uh, yeah. including, like, putting together a big bath of sulfuric acid yeah. to destroy the genetic material as needed. And just, you, you can tell she's just like, I'm done. I will do whatever it takes to take care of Sarah and Kira yeah. and Felix, too. Like, yeah. So... So then, then next we see um, there's Neelan, Doctor Neelan, uh, and Delphine, and they are standing over Rachel's hospital bed. And I say Rachel, Rachel in quotes, quotes because <laughs> Delphine is talking about how Ferdinand thinks that Rachel is dead, and Neelan says, "Okay, I'm going to have her transferred," and of course. Um, you know, Neelan knows that Rachel's not only not dead, she's not even there. (laughs) Right. And, um, but fortunately, uh, Delphine takes a look at the fingernails of so-called Rachel and realizes it must be Crystal. Um, you do kind of notice when, when, uh, the 
when Crystal is, you know, lying there unconscious, that she has still her resting face is Crystal face and not Rachel yeah. face, which, you know, they, I think they they telegraph that, but it's the manicure that uh, for sure gives it away. But right at that moment that Delphine realizes that Crystal just like she wakes up and she like she wails her. <laughs> Delphine across the face and she's you know panicking rightly so because she's like what you know she doesn't know what's happening or where she is she thinks maybe she's blind because she has an eye patch on one eye and uh, um, then uh, Delphine takes the eye patch off and C- Crystal sees that she can see but she's like, why do weird things keep happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> and then she recognizes Delphine, oh, yeah. too, because, yeah. of course, Delphine got her nails done. And so yeah. it's like, you're the family doctor. Why are you here? Right. So, and a nurse comes in, which, of course, Delphine has to make sure that uh, the nurse doesn't tell Neelan because mm-hmm. that would be bad. And Crystal just keeps freaking out Mm -hmm. so now um obviously delphine knows that that neelan had had tried to pull a fast one on her and everybody um and that rachel was not there in a coma (laughs) (laughs) but uh rachel is able to see from that eye um she's kind of like some really cool camera work like focusing in and out on the hand mm-hmm. um and she's exploring a little bit more in the room um she sees a yeah a galapagos like a, finch yes uh like in a, little, a fancy like stuffed yeah a stuffed, stuffed finch. Fi- uh, and you know i think that's supposed to be you know a reference uh to evolution um of course uh, of course right <laughs> no just a random bird <laughs> yeah because that's you know things don't mean anything uh in orphan black um <laughs> uh, yeah keep your eye on the birds um and uh then we we switch back to jesse's towing tow truck scene and there's um uh helena and jesse making yes. out to Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> and it's very um it's very mushy and 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 uh, oh so she says like I I have science baby inside me, but you are my first. And he says like you had me at soap making. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet. Which again, another layer on if he ends up not being as sweet as he is, I'm gonna be very, very angry. Um, because that he is a very good liar then. Um, (laughs) but she gets a phone call and they have to wait a little bit longer, unfortunately, because she has to go help her Sestra and, uh, boy, she going to (laughs) help. Right. Uh, cause now, um, we switch scenes to the, the, uh, polling place for the election and, um, you know, Allison's voting and people are, you know, taking her picture and there's Rudy in the background stalking her. And, um, once she votes, she says, okay, everybody on the bus. Donnie is very, very much escorting. Yes. Um, very alert, very much like 
uh, you know, security almost. Mm-hmm. So it, they know that Rudy's there. They yeah. they see him. They know they're going to follow. So let's just keep it moving. Yeah. Because uh, they have a plan. They do have a plan. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, but they, you know, they do leave you in suspense for a little while longer because until um, Sarah gets a text from Donnie and says, like, Rudy is tailing them. You know, he's going after our weak flank, which I wouldn't call Allison the weak flank, but <laughs> but but he, you know, she is in the in the well, it, she is compared to the rest of them, yeah. but also because everyone else is can can hide. Yeah, everyone right. else can. You know, disappear and Allison can't. Right. And so that's why. So, so we know something is up. Rudy is following the school bus, but Donnie and Allison are aware. Um, meanwhile, back at the warehouse, Mark, um, shows up and, uh, he, uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, he's like, all right, let's get this over with. And Sarah just punches him and she punches right. him a couple of times. Um, so that's part of the plan. Uh, the sneakiness as to first give Mark a injured looking face or an actually injured face. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that was actually injury. <laughs> um, and uh, back over at the Hendrixes, the school bus um, is coming around to the Hendrixes home and Donnie's says to Allison, you still okay with this honey? And that's when I was like, Allison's going to shoot Rudy like that's right. I thought thought she was going home to get out her guns and like blow him away. But and I was like, I don't know if that's such a good idea. And so you see Allison going into the house and the bus leaving without her. And then Rudy comes behind her and to the backyard, you know, into their backyard. And um, he hears something in the garage and then looks in the garage and who would be there but who was most recently in the garage, Helena. (laughs) Yes. And she has duct tape out and is taping blades to her hands. And it's like, like hardcore. Don't mess with Helena when she is taping blades to her hands and gives a reason why when she offers the tape to Rudy and he's like, no, it's like, well, you're going to want it when I sever your uh, tendon basically, Mm -hmm. because then you can't hold on to anything if you don't have Mm -hmm. that movement, which was really entertaining. Um, (laughs) But she, 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 yeah, in a very special type of way. But she goes, prison rules, only one can leave alive. Hmm, it's happening to you when she sees that Rudy's glitching. So Uh -uh. she knows that he's not doing well. And uh, Mm -hmm. so she's even more confident in the fight, basically. And yeah, and so are we. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, we yeah, were, that's true. I, I, I think Helena could bring down Rudy regardless, but uh, she has a pretty distinct advantage. It's going to be no question. Yeah. Like the 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 fight is hers. Yeah. And what is next? Because I think I I might have combined a couple scenes at this point in my notes. Doctor Cody's in the back of the car. Okay. Uh, and answers the phone, and it's Mark on a video chat. Oh, right. But it looks like it could be Ro- Rudy, and he's got the Rudy mannerisms down pat. But again, like, he, so even though he doesn't have that level of clone playing a clone layered in there mm-hmm. that Tatiana has, mm-hmm. he still does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and of course he's he's all beaten up and the right side of his face is bloody because it's to hide the scarring that Rudy has mm-hmm. and the fact that Mark doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I went after Allison. I found Helena, but Ma, she led me right to the prize and shows Kendall in her bunny suit again. Um, and so this is proof that they quote unquote found the place. And so mm-hmm. Dr. Cody asked for like, wants to know where they are. And so he sends an address to Dr. Cody. Um, and then it jumps back to Helena, who's uh, kicking Rudy's butt. <laughs> and a very painful scene with a screwdriver going completely through Rudy's arm, mm-hmm. which, uh, again, he should have taped the knife to his hand, but that not that it really would have helped. <laughs> um <laughs> And now we go back and Dr. Cody's pulling up into like a warehouse. And of course we haven't seen the outside of the warehouse um, and what it looks like. So it's very concerned, like right. iffy. Once again, I was like, Oh no, she's there. I mean, yes, but it turns out but. Uh, Ferdinand's there and <laughs> uh, blows away her driver and that, uh, you know, takes, uh, Control. control. He takes control. Mm-hmm. And he, in his very sleazy yet charming way, um, it, it, he's very creepy mm-hmm. and he plays this, he plays it so well and it's just so, yeah, it's so great. His, I like, I like Ferdinand <laughs> in, in not liking him, if that makes sense. He's a good bad guy. He's a very, very good bad guy. That's true. Back in the garage, you know, Rudy is like down on the floor and Helena and he have this like pretty touching scene of talking it was about really emotional. Childhoods, childhoods. And there's this soundtrack playing in the back of Almost Faded by Message to Bears, um, which is, uh, was very, very, you know, good. I mean, I can hear it, you know, just even when I picture that scene, I hear that very uh, sort of wistful, uh, winding down music. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I, it is a kind of a cool uh, insight when he talks about being, you know, a kid uh, with all the other caster boys and how they would sleepwalk out of their beds and all sleep together in a corner like a bunch of puppies. <laughs> Yes, and then Helena mentions that she was forced to kill a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> which is just, oh, it, so, you know, it just puts a cap on the differences between the two clone families and how they were raised and mm-hmm. that, you know, the Castor boys were raised together and had this this family feeling from the very beginning, uh, but now are being torn apart uh, where the Lita clones were raised separately and are now coming together in this family. So mm-hmm. it just kind of, it's very touching. And Helena basically pets his head until he dies. Mm-hmm. But, and it's very, it's very emotional, even though Rudy's a jerk face and <laughs> not very nice and all of that. Like it, you still get emotional, which mm-hmm. is, again, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, then um, back at the warehouse, there was uh, 
I guess, you know, there's a break in the action. <laughs> and yes. Mrs. S says, let's sit down, the three of us, and talk. So Sarah and Kendall have a heart-to-heart about Sarah's backstory. And um, Kendall tells this whole story of how Dr. Duncan, Ethan Duncan, was... Um, you know, was afraid of neolution and that uh, um, Kendall brought him to S so that um, S and her people could hide Duncan, which we knew from season two when Duncan first showed up. And I, I was always like, how did they end up, you know, working with Duncan? How did S know Duncan before, you know, all of this? Right. But now we know. Um, now it we know. makes sense because Kendall, um, he had always kept Kendall a secret, so Neil Lucian didn't know um, who was was the original um, clone, uh, you know, the, the source of the clone material. And then in return, Kendall had um, asked that, there, you know, this lost clone, Lita clone girl be... Um, steered to, you know, Mrs. S as a foster child, because she wanted her to have something. And she says, that's all I had of my foul life to give. Um, So Sarah ending up with Mrs. S was due to Kendall's influence. And wow. Yeah, well, and Kendall goes, I couldn't expect forgiveness but I wanted you to have her. She's your blood too. So this is is basically the only way that she could think of to really get to prove how sorry she was for killing mm-hmm. S's husband, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's just so emotional. Emotions on top of emotions. Plus, you know, Rudy just died. So you're already emotional about that. <laughs> In a weird way, you're not you're not sad about Cody uh, or Cody's driver getting shot, but well, you know Rudy. Red shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So it it it's very it's it's very poignant, um, which again it's a very nice break in the action. Yeah, because um, then we walk we flip back over to Dyad where Neelan is in handcuffs. And she learns where Rachel is and that Neelan is a neolutionist. Um, and we get this whole like learning more about how far neolutionism has infiltrated right. everything. Right. Um, when he says like topside pursues its profits, the military pursues its weapons and we steer it all from within and, yes, uh, that's when Delphine says neolution. Um, yeah, so uh, we haven't heard that word neolution in a while, and it's uh, been a while. Then <laughs> uh, um, uh, at the the warehouse, there's Ferdinand and and his I just call him Mister Henchman arrive, yes. and. <laughs> And it's a very short scene, but it has a great line and moment where Ferdinand meets Siobhan and says, Siobhan Sadler, I'm such a fan. 
And I'm like, <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> no. Um, but again, he, he's very, very charming. And so he's, you're just like, okay, this is going to end poorly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, then it switches right back to Diane with um, uh, Delphine is saying like, but Neolution, it's, you know, it's pop science. I know I spent my time with Leaky, which I did not like to be reminded that, that when we meet Delphine, she's uh, sleeping with Leaky. So uh, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to remember that after all that's happened in the meantime. It uh, is very difficult. <laughs> and uh, Neelan's like, oh, you know, Leaky was a tool. We've been controlling everything since the beginning. And you should join us and she's like yeah i don't think so <laughs> i'm finished and he's like oh yeah <laughs> so he uh he's she's got her back to him which is always like don't turn your back on the bad guy don't ever don't turn, turn your, back. your back right and he's doing something weird with his mouth and it's you know sort of like he's biting the inside of his cheek or trying <sighs> to get something out of his uh you know inside of his jaw and then and a little blood is starting to come out, and then all of a sudden he just like stands up and he, again. Don't handcuff people with their hands in front. Um, just right. It's, that's just basic knowledge. Uh, <laughs> because if you do, they can still whack you, and then they have the handcuffs as like you know, kind of like a, a weapon, brass knuckles. <laughs> you know, so he he knocks Delphine down, and he's like leaning over her with this bloody mouth and this oh. like weird like horrible worm thing is coming out of his mouth and i was like oh i haven't been so grossed out since they cut off uh what's his name the tail, tail. <laughs> yeah at least it wasn't with a paper cutter though no <laughs> that's true no helena does nice work um when she uh has a has a has a better tool a proper tool <laughs> But yeah, it's gross. Delphine, uh, thankfully, has the gun that I had forgotten was in her blazer mm -hmm. uh, and is able to save herself, um, except as he's dying, uh, he says, you won't live till morning, which is very scary. Yeah. Um, anytime anyone's dying and is saying, hey, you're not going to you're not going to live till morning who has a crew mm -hmm. because then the illusionists are, are definitely a crew yeah um then yeah it's it's scary but thankfully delphine calls sarah right away um yeah and it's just tells her what she learned in that you know the illusionists are involved so don't let topside and ferdinand get the data because it's gonna turn it over to the neolutionist, which is bad. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, Fer Ferdinand is like equally like, oh, this is no good. Um, and he calls them those genetically obsessed zealots. I yes. hate them. And then. Uh, and <laughs> as he's saying this, it's cutting to creepy uh, sidekick. Yeah. Backup dude, as he's working on Kendall getting blood samples, uh -huh. which of course, it like so many red flags saying, "Hey, this is uh, this guy's an illusionist," which of course yeah. he is. Yeah. And uh, Fernand, he just takes a baseball bat and yeah. whacks him, 
like docs uh, you know, multiple times multiple times like it was something out of uh, a mafia not, um, movie and yeah. and henchman says we're everywhere you know and that's definitely ooh. yeah so um you know ferdinand then says to uh to kendall well we can't very well hand over your genetic material which makes us new BFFs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Fernand is getting all prepped up. He's getting the the uh, apron and the gloves <laughs> and, and very calmly and, and positive. You know, you got to get out of here. Don't tell me where you're going as he's getting ready to dissolve uh, his dead hench. Well, not dead yet. Yeah. Not dead Not, yet. Which is, which is <laughs> even worse. So it looks like this, this guy's going to most likely uh, be dissolved to death. <laughs> yes. I guess. Death by dissolution. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> no. And he, does he say, oh, stop whining to him? Uh, you know, as he's like getting him prepped. He's like, uh, Ferdinand says, stop whining. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ferdinand is, he, I mean, the character and, of course, the actor, um, uh, James Frain, who uh, he's really great. And he uh, most recently, for me, he was uh, in Star Trek Discovery. Um, He plays Sarek, uh, the father of Spock and of um, the main character. uh, uh, What's her name? The, oh, well, anyway, that's Star Trek, so we don't have to discuss it. But we're not here <laughs> for the Star Trek information. But all yes. of a sudden, you know how those things happen. Your, your uh, name slips your mind. But yeah, yeah he's... Uh, he, he will always be uh, the creepy vampire from in uh, True Blood okay. for me. Okay. And so um, the next thing we go to is like the third... Third season's equivalent of the clone dance party is yes. the clone dinner party. <laughs> yeah, and it's everyone looks so fantastic. the 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 table is set completely, like so beautifully. Glasses. I I, I I'm pretty sure that Allison brought in her wedding china because mm-hmm. that is is very much that setup. And it's a roast dinner, and uh, Donnie comes in with the phone that's ringing and Allison has a call because this is the, this is the call this is we find out uh how the vote went basically and uh she plays it cool and is like hangs up the phone and says 56 and they're all like what <laughs> and then we find out that she beat Marcy by 56 votes and so they're all cheery yay happy 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 day yeah <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so um, then we see um, we're back at Shay's apartment, and this time Delphine is knocking on the door, and Shay's like, you know, psycho bitch, just you should go away. But um, Delphine wants to give her something to give to Cosima, and she gives her her card with Cosima's clone ID number on it, which I think is like, like a um you know a key to say yes um i 
you know, I really gave this, this is, person. I actually mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really did give permission for you to talk about yeah. everything to Shay, if you like, because uh, this is basically Delphine's way of, of giving permission to their relationship, mm-hmm. uh, that she's no longer going to uh, fight against it, mm-hmm. which obviously for reasons that will come shortly uh is good <laughs> because yeah uh but, but we switch back to the party um donnie's i i love this part where donnie's pouring wine uh but he starts to pour for helena mrs s says no not to her and donnie says oh yeah sorry monster yeah <laughs> Because they're BFFs. Now. Yes, and that nickname for her is so—it's so perfect. But it just—it just flowed so naturally and was absolutely adorable, and that really made me happy. Mm-hmm. And we're going down the table, and Scott and Cosima are talking sciency things, and Felix is just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm done." It's like Donnie, you are a civilian. Will you please say something understandable? <laughs> he goes. The frickin' beef is the bomb. <laughs> I'm like, you're such a dad. Like, that was just yeah. such a Donny thing to say. <laughs> and it was adorable. Uh, I, and then we... Like how uh, um, Allison says, save room for the ethnic cake. <laughs> which, yes. <laughs> and they're talking about babka cake, uh, which is um, Eastern European, Ukrainian uh and in the meantime Cosima gets a call so she, and it turns out Delphine is waiting for her outside and oh there's this whole D- Delphine goodbye scene with Cosima and, and a smooch and um then she Delphine drives away and drives into the Dyad parking lot it's like really the parking garage how right. <laughs> it's like people who have been told they're not going to live till the morning. Just a tip here from Law and Order Clone Club Land. Don't park in an empty parking garage underground, especially. Right. Uh really far away from the door. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> if you have to walk that far. And so of course she's walking and she hears something and turns around and uh is shot. Surprise, surprise, yeah. surprise. Yep. I mean, they telegraphed that pretty clearly. So oh, yeah. Was that was a moment of going like, oh, my God, I can't believe they shot her. I mean, maybe overall you would think that. But yeah, uh, you knew. No, I was more I was waiting for a reveal of who it was that shot her. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen, which I was just like, oh, OK. Cliffhanger. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. For the future. Yes, I'm sure it will be something. So we go back to Rachel, uh, who we haven't seen for a while. And uh, Charlotte comes in. um, And they are just like, what's going on? Where am I? What what's happening? And Charlotte says, she says she you're going to be my new mom. It's like, who? Mr. Duncan. And this lady comes in and it's Rachel's mom. So both her parents were actually still alive. Yes. Sneaky parents. Sneaky parents. Uh, but of course they 
I was wondering how dead she actually was, mm-hmm. um, just because it is Orphan Black. Uh, but it's, I'm sure that will be very interesting in the next season. So each of the Duncans kind of got their season mm-hmm. uh, and their, their storyline, which is great. So Rachel's with her mom now. And speaking of children and mom reunited. Oh, Kira comes out and sees visitors coming up on their snowmobiles um, in Iceland because, of course, Kendall is going to hang out with Kira uh, because it's a good, safe place. And they are so excited to see each other. I got so emotional and they fall down in the in the snow, very similar to the uh, flashback that Rachel was having at the beginning of the episode, which I thought was very beautifully done. Um, And they're sitting there and just looking at each other. And Sarah goes, someone wants to meet you in a bit. I just want to look at you. And Kira's just like, fine. You can see it in her face. I mean, she's such a good actress. Mm -hmm. Yes, mom, I get it. You just wanted to look at me, which is totally fine because, of course, she misses her mom. Um, but it not it's not time to go see the new people yet. And I just thought that was a perfect way to end the season with two of my favorite relationship or one of my favorite relationships between two people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I knew, you know, when I saw that, I'm like... I know what Kathy's gonna like. <laughs> you know yeah. me so well. Kira is back one, and that it's all like. I mean, honestly, it reminds me of pictures I see of you and your daughter uh, yeah. on Facebook. Just that kind of like facey, facey, lovey, dovey mom and daughter you know, thing going on. So I totally see how you you would relate. Yes, I definitely see myself in this relationship and with my daughter and how we interact in it. So anytime they have those moments, it's just, ah, that's so great. I love it. And there you have it. Another season of Orphan Black. I can't believe we made it. We did. I know. It's it's really quite... uh, it's quite a lot of podcasting when you think about it. Right. And let's throw in having a baby in there, too. I know. That made the season feel very different. But we, we're done with season three, and we hope that you come back to us for season four. You won't have to wait too long, because I know I can't wait that long mm-hmm. to watch the episode. Me neither. Uh, so you can find us online. We are at SesterCast.com and part of the Amazing Incomparable Network. Uh, find us on Twitter. We are at SesterCast. Jean is at MacGenie and I am at Mrs. Soup. Feel free to hop onto iTunes and leave us a review. Let other people who love Orphan Black know about our podcast as well. Uh, and thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you soon. Bye now. Bye.